How's it going, everyone? Josh here with Dedicated Health. Joining me today is David Gugino and Shane Stevens. And today we're actually going to be doing things a little little bit differently. Um, as you all may know, we are big on mental uh, improvement just as much as we are on physical improvement. And one of the best ways to do that is through books. So we're going to be reviewing The Subtle Art of Not Giving a um, It's by Mark Manson, right? Yes. Mark Manson. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this. So I'm going to lay David, which by the way is Mike's son, our powerlifting coach. Uh, he's the one who recommended this to me and then vicariously recommended it to Shane. Uh, we'll go ahead and let him take the floor. So uh, how do you find out about this book, my dude? Well, actually, how I found out about it was I follow an account on Instagram called Business Tips. It's not a huge following or anything, but they post books, like books to read about how to grow your mind, how to get rich and stuff like that. And I found this book, but what really sparked my interest was it had the F word in it, oh. which I thought was pretty interesting. And it wasn't just like how to not give a fuck. It was just like the subtle art of not giving a fuck. <laughs> and then I realized there was a second book, which I have read that book. I don't have it with me today was called uh, Everybody's Fucked, which is a book about hope. So that's how I discovered it, and I spiked my interest. And then my dad told me he listened to an audio part, audio of the book. So then I'm like, well, I guess I'll try and read it. And then I read it, and I loved it. And I've just been recommending it to people like you and like Shane. So yeah, that's how I found out about it. Awesome. I, I have to say, I'm a huge fan of this book. Um, honestly, I it wasn't really a book that I learned a lot from. It was kind of mm -hmm. just a book that validated how I looked at things already. Mm -hmm. So interesting enough, like the way he explains things is exactly how I viewed them. I just never knew how to put them in context. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so uh, for me, I think the main things that I learned was that like it is okay to think the way i do and it's okay yeah. to not make a big deal about everything even though that's like the social norm what's some things that you learned from the book well i learned he tells a story which i'm going to tell the story is um, oh yeah it's a good story <laughs> how to like not to measure your self-worth and like metrics so for example there's this guy named dave mustang mm -hmm. he wanted to be in the music so he started going into a band and their band was actually doing very well but what happens is he messed up I don't know what he did, but got kicked out of the band. So then he's like, I'm going to start my own band and make be richer and be more famous than the band I was previously in. So he is Megadeth. And Megadeth, he makes millions of dollars through music, sells millions of albums, sold 25 million albums and records. However, the band he was kicked out of was Metallica. And they sold 180 million records more than he did won more awards for their music, and actually made more albums. So Dave Mustaine is still in Megadeth. He's married, he has a wife, he has kids, but he's not happy with his life. And the reason why he's not happy is because the band he was kicked out of became more successful than him. <laughs> so his whole vision, his whole, like, how he wanted to be successful all went downhill and never happened. And then nothing changed after that. Metallica still became more famous and, the, and still made more music. But then with him, he was just like, well, I still haven't fulfilled my dreams at all of becoming better than this band, yet he made millions of dollars and lived a life like a majority of people couldn't. So that's also what I've learned, like comparing yourself to others actually doesn't make you feel better. As a matter of fact, it makes you feel worse. Mm -hmm. Very true. And actually, on the flip side of that, another story in there was about Pete Best. It was kind of like in the 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 polar opposite of the story where he was actually kicked out of the Beatles for being the more popular and less party one. Like uh, the Beatles wanted to party and do drugs mm -hmm. and do all this stuff. And he wanted to, you know, be a classy swell guy. Didn't yeah. really fit their thing. So 
they kicked him out. And although for a while he was depressed about it, he actually ended up living a pretty successful life by his standards because mm-hmm. he had a wife and kids and he was very happy with how his life played out uh, versus the other side around. If he would have followed Dave's, uh, Dave's mindset, he would have just been miserable because he would have never surpassed the Beatles success, obviously. Yeah. Um, so it, I did enjoy that part of the book because it really broke down like how we view ourselves and the fact that you set your standards of what, how you view yourself. Mm. And also I thought was pretty cool is how he um, talks about like your own, like your own value. So like your definition of success and another version, version of success are completely different. So you have a gentleman who can make millions of dollars who thinks they're happy, but they're not really happy because they want, they would rather be like on a beach or like living with the normal people. Um, and then like a person who is very successful or not very successful wants to be at the same level as that guy and he's not happy. So it's, this shows like money isn't the successful, isn't what's going to make you happy. It's what your version of success, what you want to be do to be happy. That's what I mm-hmm. thought was the best part of the book. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I absolutely love that because there's so many people hit the ground running with like, oh, I'm going to make all this money. And then they're depressed because all they do is work all the time and have a lot of money. Uh, I can actually attest to that. So, um, so I, this is probably one of the most quotable books I've ever read. Um, and I know I have some favorite quotes, but I'm going to let you guys go first. So, David, what's some of your favorite quotes from the book? Well, at the beginning of the book, he has something called the don't try method, which one thing he mentions is self-improvement and success often occur together, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're the same thing, like how we were talking about beforehand about like self-worth and stuff like that. But he tells a story about a guy named Charles Bukowski, who was a drunk, he was a loser, and he just kept partying, but he wanted to make it as a writer. He never kept making it. No newspaper place wanted him. No publishing company wanted him because of his partying and his writing wasn't good. So what he did is he wrote about... Uh, the worst parts of himself and how he never stopped trying to be better. And then he eventually made it with some writing company because he wrote about his mistakes and basically admitted to them. Because one thing I believe and that he talks about through the book is admitting your own mistakes and admitting your own problems is a very, I think, the biggest step in becoming happy in life. Mm-hmm. And the other reason is he other, the, another quote that he talks about at the beginning is what the book is about. And he says, This is why not giving a fuck is the key to going and saving the world by accepting that the world is totally fucked and it has been and it always will be. So he also mentions that the healthiest thing to do in life is admit that life sucks. <laughs> so yes, that's what I've learned. I yeah. I completely agree. Shane? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't really have a good quote from the book, but I like the disappointing panda. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I actually have that written down here as well. Yeah, the disappointing panda was pretty good. And if you listen to the audiobook of it, um, he the narrator actually changed his voice or be disappointing panda. Disappointing panda. So it's kind of funny. I just got the audiobook, so I'm going to start listening to it because I've heard there's a, some pretty good things in there. Yeah. Actually, for those of you who are thinking about reading this, I recommend reading and listening to this book at some point because there's actually stuff in the audiobook that isn't in the book. I didn't know that until the other day. Um, so the disappointment panda. Can you tell me what that is? I think uh, it's disappointing cool. panda. Um, basically, it's like your self doubt. Um, you're always disappointed, and then you're disappointed for being disappointed. So like it's a vicious cycle, it's a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. So don't do that. So. Yeah. Uh, he basically shows up, tells you why you should be disappointed. And then you're disappointed about the fact that you're disappointed about the fact that you're disappointed. <laughs> it's a never ending cycle of sadness. Um, my my favorite thing from the book has to be um, where he talks about social media. I, I don't know the quote by any means because it was pretty early on. But he starts talking about how 
um, one of the main things that we struggle with in life is that we all feel like we have to be living our best lives all the time because of social media. We feel like, yeah, it only shows the good things. So we feel like if we're ever doing things that's not good or we feel any kind of discomfort, then that must mean we must not be living our best life. We're not as good as someone else, which again comes back to comparing yourself to other people. But at the same time, like I feel like that's so common these days that all of us just see all these great things that other people are doing. And if we're not doing that too, if we're not happy all the time, then we must, our lives just must suck. Mm -hmm. And it's just not that way. Like, I actually have a question for you, Josh. If you don't mind me asking you. So the disappointment panda is a superhero that he made up Uh to help talk about your your mistakes and the harsh truths that you need to accept. So I have to ask you, if you made up a superhero about life or some, what would it be? Ah, mine. That's a hard one. So I would definitely have to go with, um, disappointment panda is good, but mine would be able, my superpower or superhero would be someone who could fly around and make people realize how much of an asshole they're being. So like the Skeletor Skeletor meme. Yeah, the Skeletor meme, basically. So basically, if someone's talking to someone else, run up. Yep, run up and be like, "You're being an asshole." You're being an asshole, (laughs) and here's why. And then just run away. Till next next time. (laughs) Um, So yes, I would be the Skeletor meme of superheroes. I would show up and be like, "You're only being mad at this person because of your own self doubt." Ha ha. (laughs) What would yours be? Well, I I would be my bone structure be made of steel. Baseball bats could break over my head, for one. I could pick up cars, but what I would do is I would tell people the aspect of like working hard all the time, <laughs> like no matter what. Now, yes, I can pick up cars and lift up everything, but I'll be like, I had to work very hard to like do this stuff and stuff like that. Gotcha. Now, so like my, one punch man. Oh yeah, something like that. Now my name, I don't, I don't know. I probably just be David Gugino, honestly. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. The Gucci Gospel. The Gucci Gospel. Do you got one? What would your oh, superhero Okay, be? so if we were like similar to the disappointing panda going along those lines, I wanted to do something more of like, if I'm not the I was a superhero, but if there was a superhero that I could create, be like the affirmation man or something. Like sometimes we don't get enough, give ourselves enough praise and we live in that doubt mm-hmm. a lot of times. So when we're doing good, maybe if we had someone come in like, hey, man, you're you are doing great. So like chin up. Like you're doing good because sometimes we don't give ourselves enough praise. I feel like getting praise sometimes from someone who is a superhero would be pretty cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a, that would be an awesome one. I feel like if we had more superheroes like that, we'd have a lot less depression. <laughs> People, that's something that I really love about this gym too. On a side note, is that compliments are not hard to come by here. Like people will compliment you all day long here and actually mean it. So that's a pretty nice, nice thing to do. Get yourself in an atmosphere like that, guys. Like it's very uplifting. Mm-hmm. And another quote, which he also talks about growth. So he says this, growth is endlessly an iterative process. When we learn something new, we don't go from wrong to right. We rather go from wrong to slightly less wrong. (laughs) And when we learn something additional, we go from slightly less wrong than that. And then to even less wrong than that and so on. So it's like it's a longevity kind of thing when it comes to growth. And um, actually, I another... Another reason why I feel like this book really spoke to me and validated how I look at things is I actually did a podcast with a couple of my um, my colleagues, uh, Mark and John, the Real Real Talk for Real Fit Pros podcast, and they asked me like what it was I thought helped me get to where I am now, and it was honestly basically that answer, just not as like 
nice. <laughs> Mine was that I feel like I can always find the fault in the things that I do so I can always improve upon it and be a little bit better next time. So if you just look at things in that light, I really do feel like you grow so much more because what we do wrong teaches us so much more than what we do right mm. in almost every situation. It's a lot like uh, your dad, David. Uh, Mike, he's the same way. Yep. Um, he's, he's like, this is a good squat. You can do it better. <laughs> you can do it faster. It's a good squat. Um, it could be faster. It could be a lot faster. There's always improvement. Always improvement. <laughs> always improvement. You're just slightly less not bad than you were last time. <laughs> I know this squat isn't heavy, but you don't have any rest, so let's do it again. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah, we can do it. It's fine. He's got it's the mic factor. Yes. One thing that he used to do when I was a kid, when it was a joke where he'd be like, David, when I go to clients, I tell them this, you suck. You just have to suck less. <laughs> and then when they say, well, I don't like what I see in the mirror. Well, it's quite simple. Don't look in the mirror. <laughs> easy fix. And yeah, just there. easy fix. Straight to the point. Oh, yeah. What's the problem? The mirror. Okay, don't have one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I've got one other story for you, Josh, if you don't mind. Yeah, oh, please. Is It's the Henry James story. Now, he made a lot of mistakes in his life, and his dad, his dad never, he never lived up to his dad's potential because his dad mm -hmm. wanted to go to medical school. He went to medical school at Harvard. He had that opportunity that no one else, not a lot of people would have, but then he lost it, like not lost it, but dropped it because didn't want to do it anymore because he didn't like it. Now, you may think like, why would he do that? Because he just wasn't interested in it. So his dad was so disappointed with him, he kicked him out of the house and he kept making more mistakes and more mistakes. But the issue was, he wasn't taking responsibility for him. So he tells himself this. He says, one year, I'm going to take responsibility for all of my mistakes. And in that one year, he became someone called the godfather of psychology. Mm -hmm. He became a professor, I think, at Harvard. He became a philosopher. He wrote books and did everything. And people asked him, how did you get from that to this? And he's like, I literally took one year to take whole responsibility for my mistakes. And Actually, I know exactly. That was a really, really powerful story in that book. Yeah. And um, he, the darker side of that was actually if he didn't live up to the expectations or didn't take responsibility or things didn't change, he was actually going to take his own life. Yeah. Um, was the what his basically end goal was if that didn't plan out. And um, I mentioned earlier, I couldn't remember exact quotes, but there is one quote from this book actually from that story or a little after that story that I really like. We all know the Uncle Ben um, with great power comes great responsibility. Um, he actually flips it. And I actually feel like this holds more truth to it mm -hmm. than the other way around is with great responsibility comes great power. Um, if we're responsible for what we do and we can figure out how we are responsible for our own actions and lives, then it really does give us a sense of power and changes everything. Whenever you stop thinking, oh, I'm just the victim of everything and realize like this is how I play a part in this, it changes the game. It's sad because I feel like a lot of times today, anyways, people are so quick to to push the, the responsibility on like, ah, it's not my fault. It's because this person did this is why. But like you said, the moment you take responsibility, it's like almost like a moment of clarity. You're like, man, I am the problem. Maybe I should do something about it. 100%. And then you do something about it and boom. And wow, life is actually better. Life changed. <laughs> Well, because running away from your problems doesn't change them. As a matter of fact, it makes them either worse. Yeah. It just, but running away from them doesn't change. 100%. And the moment you can see that you are the, if you have a fault, and instead of like pushing it, when you see that you have the fault, you can correct your fault and you can grow from it. Which exactly. It really helps. And you can't like, if you see a fault in someone else, you can't do anything about that. Like, you're not like, well, you did this. But I can't change it. So now you're just in this constant perpetual of like, well, I can't change this because he can't change this. 
if you change your fault, people either have to grow with you or get left behind. Like there's no other way around it. Um, so I, I, I really enjoy that part of the book. Well, you can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. Yes. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Do you got anything else on your list of questions? I do have one other thing. Um, he says, because once you become comfortable with all the shit that life throws at you, and trust me, it throws a lot of shit at you, quite quite a bit, you become invincible in sort of a low-level spiritual way. The only way to overcome pain is to learn how to bear it. Like, pain is the best teacher. And I think it was Bruce Lee that said something like that. Yeah. And that man can do one-finger push-ups, so we got to trust him. <laughs> yes. I think on his pinkies or something like yeah. that, too. <laughs> um I, I did like that part a lot. And I think that also is the same part where he was talking about um, how we never have. So, and I mentioned this with the social media thing. Um, we always think that we need to get away from problems or avoid problems. Or if we have problems, then things aren't okay. Um, the moment you realize like no matter what you do in life, you have problems. You just have to pick which problems are the best problems um, or the problems for you. The more you realize like, Life ain't that bad. So if your problem is like, like there's different levels of problems. If people are facing problems where they don't have a house, that's a pretty bad problem. If you're facing a problem where you constantly have to work all the time, but you're happy with what you do. I mean, it's still a problem, but it's a way better problem to have way more manageable. I think it was along those same lines when he was talking about that. You want to have a life full of good problems. Life full of good problems. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is actually a question I'm going to ask each of you individually. Um, first, uh, first I'm going to go with David. Um, if you were to advertise, which you advertise this book to me, but if you were to advertise this book and try to get the, someone else to read it, how would you advertise this book? Well, like I said before, when I found it, it just had the subtle art. I'm not giving a fuck. I was like, has the F word in it, <laughs> which I think is actually a great way to, uh, advertise the book. Cause when it just says, instead of just how to not give a fuck, it's the subtle art. It is the art that no one else knows aside from this guy. So what I really think sells it is the title. So if I was like talking to somebody like, hey, David, I, I want a book to read. What book should I read? I'll be like, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. They'll be like, I haven't heard of that. The subtle, did you say the subtle art of not giving a fuck? And they're already hooked just because of the title. And then when I tell them about how it's about solving problems, how to be comfortable with yourself, how to basically grow in life and stay like growing because you're always growing all the time and how to just to stay happy rather than just like it just tells you how to not give a fuck about anything. Like, you have to specify with it. But that's the kind of people I would advertise it to. And that's just how I did it. Now, with you, I just brought it to you. I'm just like, hey, I have a copy of a book. <laughs> and my dad's like, you read books? And I'm like, you think Josh will read this? And he's like, yes, he will definitely read it. And you're just like, wow. It was great. So that was it. And yeah, I have friends at work who are like, David, what books? You, what is your favorite book to read? And I'm like, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And that's it. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you, Shane? How would you advertise this book if you're trying to get someone to read it? Well, when I first read the title, I uh, felt like I gave too much fucks. So I wanted to give less fucks. Yes. <laughs> so I um, I think it's just a, the, the book is like a validation of that truth hurts. And like you can't really change a whole lot that's not controllable. You can only control what you can control. So that's what you should more worry about. So uh, anyone who's like struggling with life or anyone could actually um, gain some, some type of information from this book, but it's just like, I would just advertise it as a book that can help improve you and better validate some things that you have noticed in your life. So it's a validation book. 
I completely agree. And actually, the way I would advertise it is very, very similar. Um, I would basically, anyone who comes to me asking for a book review, I now recommend this book quite often. And the way I sell it to them is I basically tell them, this book will make it, is the gateway to not having to care so much about the things that don't matter, mm. which frees up mental space to care about the things that do. Mm. So that's how I would recommend this book and advertise it. Um, but I think that is a pretty good gist of this book. I highly recommend you you pick it up. Even if you listen to the audiobook, it's 100% worth it. I, I absolutely love it. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to say, David? Oh, no, I'm good. I appreciate you having me on the podcast. I haven't been on a podcast before, and it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. Awesome. I'm sure we'll have you here again soon. Maybe we can make a regular book review. How about you, Shane? Um, well, two things. Uh, a book that I piggybacked off of this book was um, Jen Sincero's um, You're a Badass book. And it was crazy because I felt like the so art not giving a fuck. Uh, Mark Manson really touched on a lot of things that I kind of like, oh, wow, you're right. That does happen a lot. Yeah, I do do that. Yeah, people do act like that sometimes. Yeah, you're right. I can't control how they act. Like, that's cool. And then this little, or, um, the, you're a badass basically like aligns a lot with what was given in this book and then um, kind of goes further, like how you can help more, like improve your life and um, things you can do, like steps, like one through three, do this, one through five, do that, like day every day, do this, like things that you can do actively to help yourself grow more. So I like that a lot. Um, so if you're looking for another book after this book, it's You're a Badass by Jen Sincero. Awesome. Maybe that might be our next uh, book review podcast. Um, I really enjoyed doing this, so I, I would foresee us doing this again in the future. If you have any books that you really enjoy, go ahead and recommend it to us. If you are just getting into this kind of thing, strongly recommend both the book Shane recommended and The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. But for now, we're going to head off. Until next time, stay dedicated. <laughs>